the cookout. All you hear is music. You can be a mile away. You can hear music, laughter, everything. You can smell the food. The char of the burgers and the hot dogs. And you come in, you see everyone, not dispersed. Everybody's really together. Like they're all together. Nobody's sitting really. If they do sit, it's like the elder people or people eating at the table, but you will see people holding plates in their hand and just socializing, people playing games. We have a kickball game that runs for like four hours. <laughs> what can you imagine a game playing that long? But when people, want, when people come together and have fun, time flies like it's nothing. Thank you for tuning in to the second episode of Unother. I can't decide if I want to say it like another or if I want to say unother. Unother. You know how it's spelled and that's what's important. So last time we talked about groups on groups of people on campus who don't have like official groups on campus, uh, registered student organizations. This time we're gonna talk about people who do have student organizations, but maybe do are not- Are still a little underrepresented. They still have some problems from time to time. Um, we'll be talking with the treasurer of the Black Student Alliance. So very fancy. I like the title of treasurer. It makes me picture like, you know, gems and a stuff. A boss woman. Yeah, a boss woman. Yeah, so she is. But first, we're going to have to get a little bit of context on why the, what kind of issues the Black Student Alliance might be facing these days. So you've got a registered student organization. Are all of your problems solved? Not necessarily. Some student groups still face a kind of discrimination despite having a kind of organizational solidarity. For example, the online version of a story by the WKU College Heights Herald has the following headline, Black Student Alliance to Celebrate Black History Month with movie screenings and more. When the same feature first appeared in the print edition of the newspaper, the headline omitted the black in Black Student Alliance. The February 12th issue of the Herald corrected the error and... By all accounts, they did speak to each other and kind of even things out. But it did spark an interesting debate. How big of a deal is it to leave out the black? And what are they going to do about it in the future? It's actually not a little incident. It was very big to us. That is the voice of... Renisha Gaucher. I am a freshman, and um, I'm from Huntsville, Alabama. Would you say that Bowling Green is very different than Huntsville, or are they more similar, do you think? Oh, no, they're very different. I'm not... It seems more of a small town to me. Huntsville is very big, and we literally have, like, five schools just in, like, one whole, like, area. It's really big. Here... I'm not used to this lifestyle or like this kind of like small compact type living, but it has its perks to it. I like it. So everybody seems like they're a family and it's very quiet compared to where I'm from as well. So you you wanted to clarify, you said it really wasn't a little thing. It was really big to us. Very. Yes. I feel like a lot of um, maybe maybe white people who don't have the perspective would be like, well, it's just one word, but. What would you say to somebody who'd say something like that? Well, actually, that did happen. And a lot of people said that to me. And um, I'm not scared to voice, especially for my community, because of our past and the things we've been through. Of course, I didn't personally go through my past, but my family did. And I see how it impacted them. And they raised me. So that type of stuff, it like it hits us very deeply because we're rooted in that. Our color is a very big thing. That is what makes us different on this campus, actually. It's a PWI. Quick side note, PWI stands for Predominantly White Institution. The color of our skin is what 
brings the difference between us, but that shouldn't bring a bad connotation to us. So I felt like with them not acknowledging that, it kind of made it feel like our efforts were just being, you know, cast aside, really. Do you feel like because of that history and because you are at a predominantly white institution, Mm -hmm. do you feel like maybe you need to be extra vigilant when you feel like somebody might be, you know, trying to step on your toes or not taking you seriously? Do you you feel like um, maybe if it were... um, I don't know, the Blonde Student Alliance. It wouldn't be such a big deal for them, but but because because you do have that history, does it affect the way you react to to things that are a big deal to you? I personally think that with our organization, being at an institution that we're at, we have to be very, like you said, vigilant. And we're not jumping at everything that's being, you know, we're not trying to catch anybody in the act of harming us. But if it's boldly something against us, when we've tried so hard to motivate our people and bring this community together, not just for black people, it hits us very hard. So as I continued talking to Renisha, I kind of forgot that she was a freshman. Like everything she said sounded so polished and so eloquent. It sounded like she already had had to dodge counter arguments to what she was saying. Like she'd already had to encounter people who were challenging words and feelings that she had and and I started to think of when I see stuff on Facebook that um, is about you know the state of black people in America and and you always see the same responses like modern black students are having to pick their words carefully because they already know what could be generated in response to their natural feelings so Has anyone said something to you, and I I hate to even say this, but has anyone said something like, don't fight fire with fire? Yes, so many times, but I'm not, violence and all of that is never the answer, but it's kind of when your parents are yelling at you and you really like your voice and your mindset just shuts down. Like you don't even want to pay attention anymore because they're yelling at you. It's kind of on campus, on a campus like this, that's this big. Like when something like that happens, I don't feel like it should be like a tiny chastisement and, oh, you go on about your day. Because if we just pretended it didn't happen or let it slide or whatever, what if that happened to another organization? Somebody that hasn't had it, has had as much experience as we've had on campus, like what if it happened to them, an infant organization? That could devastate them really bad. So how did the Black Student Alliance respond to the WKU Herald? Well, Renisha said that they emphasized a kind of professionalism and a kind of boldness. They don't want to come on too strong, but they also don't want to let somebody walk over them. There are some people on this campus, sadly to say, that are looking for us to react the way the stereotype has presented us to react. And we automatically knew this is not going to be the way we're going to react. We're going to turn the other cheek, but when we make our action, it's going to be bold and confident and out there. But not in a way where you can turn around and be like, well, they did this, you shouldn't have did that. But we reacted in a good enough way where you can't really say anything bad about it. We just expressed how we feel. We didn't hurt you. We didn't harm you. We didn't downgrade you. We didn't do any of that to you. We just expressed how we felt about it. So, yes, we're very careful as to what we say, who we say it to, and how we react because there are people waiting for us 
to just show what people think we are and we're not we're so much better than that what kind of things do you think this campus or indeed other student organizations could do um to stop things like that from happening again i feel like the one thing to me in just one word is just support like yes organizations have individual goals but at the end of the day we're at a school and we're representing a whole body you're not just representing that organization you're representing that whole school then i feel like that that nothing could separate us. If all these organizations are bound and supported together, nothing could come between that because we all support each other. And it's just like we are different organizations, but when we come together, you're one. When you grow and when you change and you're in the the midst of like just developing yourself more, it's going to come it's going to come with uncomfortability. And that is to me that's the sign of change. You can't always stay where you are and when you find your comfort zone, leave it. Because I feel like a comfort zone can be a hindrance sometimes. So for us, we can speak to you. I just think it all just comes with communication, really, and creating an open atmosphere, not just this is our group, that is your group, and we walk away. Just like on campus, you see a white group of people walking together, a black group of people walking together, never seeing a mixture, really. And I feel like it's just communication that is not being presented on campus. It's really, I think that's the root of the problem. It sounds like what you're saying, if, if people would just talk to each other. Yeah, simple hi. Yeah. hi. Like, how are you doing? Are you busy right now? We're having a meeting at 5 o'clock. Would you like to come? Or are we having a game night here? Would you like to come? Or simply just asking people out to lunch. Like, use your swipe and go to DSU for all it takes. Like, just simple hi, hello, how are you doing? So, communication. Obviously, as a broadcasting major, that idea is pretty important to me. Renisha says another thing that can make a difference is like showing up, being there for each other, supporting one another. And she also says that that support can make a big difference when it's coming from the top down. WKU has really stepped up and we've even had a meeting with our president of the campus and he personally knows our president of our of organization. Okay, hold up. I want to hear more about that. So <laughs> <laughs> after the situation with the Herald and everything and it reached the top of the top and also, she went to a banquet, I think, and she ran into him. And the, he your came, president? Did? Yeah, my president, mm-hmm. Sierra. Um, he personally knows her. He sat down, and he he really, I think that gave him the opportunity to see what BSA really was, not you just hearing it around campus. But he was actually able to interact with our president and some of the members on the, on the board. And he was able to see firsthand what we're really about and not just oh, Black Student Alliance, you're just for black people. Like, we do more than, you know, support our black people. We do more than just, oh, pro-black this, pro-black that. He came to the cookout last year, and when she met with him recently, he was like, I'm so ready for the second annual cookout. He was like, the food was great. Like, hearing that from your president, it's it's phenomenal, and we felt so empowered, and that's why for this cookout, like, we're going to go big. It's going to be very inviting for everyone. And so for our president to even acknowledge that and for that to be something he remembered is awesome for us. So turns out I was wrong about the date of that cookout. It's May 1st, which is the day that this podcast is actually supposed to premiere. So if it is currently that day and it's before 4 p.m., then you should get out to South Lawn because there's about to be an awesome cookout and... Kaboni may or may not be there, and that may or may not be kind of hilarious. Or important to you. Yeah, or that important we gotta to you. say out. 
Yeah. It's called Black Together yeah. on South Lawn on May 1st at 4 p.m. Yeah. I'm excited. I've never been to a cookout before, like an official cookout. You are what? 20 something years old <laughs> i thought you were gonna say you are very white that's what i thought you were gonna say which i am that Full too disclosure, <laughs> i am very white um so we talked about why these groups who have been historically marginalized may feel the need to fight back against stuff that some people see as tiny things but turns out they're not so tiny because they can affect the way people see those groups and or choose not to see them oh nuanced here yeah so that's that's it's a real thing on this campus and i guess what i've learned is that you gotta listen to people and you gotta talk to them so thanks for listening to episode two i don't have a clever name for it unless you can come up with one real quick no just i'm gonna plug the barbecue for him again. yeah just go to that barbecue the if name you of can. this episode is go to that barbecue as of right now <laughs> Um, you better run because it might actually be the day of. Yeah, so I'm Natalie Turner. And I'm Isabella Devins. Another is written, edited, and produced by Natalie Turner, Tajane Muldrow, and Isabella Devins. Special thanks to Sarah Walters, Renisha Gaucher, Alex Cox, Matt Davis, and Leah Ashwell. Music appears courtesy of Luberman and Archive.org. A full list of artists is available in this episode's description. Another is made in conjunction with Revolution 91.7 and Western Kentucky University's Department of Diversity and Community Studies. In our next episode... Um, so what do you think we've missed, if anything? What, what else do you think somebody needs to know um, if they're making a group, if they're part of a group that they Trying feel... Trying to maintain a group? Yeah. Bring food. <laughs> That's the simplest answer here, huh? <laughs> You solved our entire problem. <laughs> That's it. Uh.